So good to be home. Always grateful for the opportunity to share. Thankful to Pastor DB and Ronnie. I'm glad they're resting. And Super Jewels, guys. <laughs> like, yet of. Ah, yeah. Now, you know, when I don't have the English words, then I just want to speak Kosa because I, I need the, the vocab to express. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, amen. So I'll be with you guys both this week and next week. <laughs> don't know if I'm the only one who's excited about that. <laughs> don't worry, I won't be offended. <laughs> but I'm so excited and I really felt to look at this today. To look up, to, to look at vertically. And next week I'm also very excited that I'll be sharing a bit about sideways you know how how we go out you you will know by now if there's any two messages that i speak it's intimacy and witnessing <laughs> and then you know i fill that with a little bit of joy and a little bit of those arrests you know those things that enable you to be intimate and to go witness <laughs> hallelujah yo I had such a, a, a burden on my heart uh, to, to really touch on intimacy again. I don't know what God is doing in each of you, but the way it burns so deeply in my own heart, I, I recognize that God must be at work in you guys already. So by the time I come in and I share what I feel the Lord has placed in me, it's, it connects with what he's already doing in you. So I'm very excited um, I often think about worship or preaching. There are two things that usually happen for me in that space when I prepare. In worship, sometimes I sing a song because it's a heart's cry. <laughs> God, I read about this. I believe it to be true, but I haven't seen it yet. And, and, you know, some people will say, you know what, don't sing something if you haven't, you know, gone through it or don't preach something. I'm like, no, that's the cry of my heart. So, <laughs> like, if, if, if I'm singing about hunger, God, I'm hungry, you know, to see you, to experience you. And I'm like, that's the cry of my heart. I haven't experienced it yet. I haven't tasted it yet. But that's the cry of my heart. So that's the one leg. The other leg is, I've tasted it. You know that type of singing now because <laughs> now you, you know. You've, you've, you've experienced it. You've witnessed it. Come on. And, and both of those things are powerful. I found that it's the same in worship as it is in preaching, sometimes I'll preach about something. I remember I started going on about healing long before I saw it. But then something else shifted when I witnessed it. And I was like, oh, it, yes, you really are healer. Then another level of confidence sank in. But from wherever you are this morning, I believe God wants to do something in you. Whether it's your heart's cry 
to be intimate with him even more or whether you're like, God, I'm enjoying this. Like grab a hold of it. There's always more. And that's the thing about intimacy. For me, it's actually, uh, it's both. My God, it's always both. It's always both. Intimacy is a very weird one. I'm like, I know, I know there's more. I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. But wow, I've witnessed it. I've, and it's this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm now back. Because <laughs> I know there's more. You know, when, when, when God hits you with the revelation about intimacy, it's like you can try to tell yourself, no, like culture tells you, no, I'm fine now. I'm good, you know. I'm at church. I'm good. All is well. Or, or your mind's like, Siko, where are you trying to go, man? It's, it's impossible. Like, just chill. You're good where you are. Or your emotions are like, you know the cost, right? <laughs> you know the cost. <laughs> you know. So, and your emotions aren't happy to pay that price, eh? That price where you may need to sleep a little bit later, wake up a bit earlier, or sacrifice time with friends. So my emotions like, uh, being there, like, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm quite enjoying this season. You know, I just want to drive around in Zoe's stroller at the mall. You know, whatever, like, chill vibes. Meanwhile, the secret place is beckoning. You know what I mean? So there's a cost. But here I am finding myself at this place where I'm like, God, I've witnessed it. I've tasted it. I know you desire to be close to us. I know you desire to be near to me, like even more than you already are. I know there's more. And I long to experience you more. So... My heart this morning is that we would catch that revelation afresh. There are realms in our walk with God that we have not even begun to tap into. If I had to tell you some of my encounters over the last five years, you wouldn't believe it. Like, you would think, wow, Siko, it was amazing. You know, when you first preach the sermon, maybe, you, you, we, maybe we can see that you really love walking with God. But if I tell you some of the things that God does in us as we continue to seek Him and pursue Him. I was at a... School of the Supernatural for, for nine days, my a whole family. And when we got there, uh, my husband's part of the leadership team. It's, it's with a, a Daniel group, and they really do amazing work with really empowering people to live a supernatural lifestyle. And when we got there, there were letters or prophetic words and you would read your, so people who didn't come to the school would support the school by writing words for each and every person attending the school. And when I got there, I sat there on my bed expectant. I'm like, yes, I love words. So every time I go to Chandra, I know she's going to give me something, even though she, she, 
I received that. I received that. So I'm like expectant. So I get there on, on my bed and my husband's got his letter. I've got mine and we read my husband's letter. And I'm like, yo, amazing. Like the words destiny, you know, like, you know, when words speak to your destiny, destiny, I'm like, hey, great man. Oh, wow. It's amazing. And then we come to my letter. Let's see. Oh, wow. Everything's about intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. And then like a, a part of me is like, hi God, <laughs> like, you know, give me destiny, you know, like tell me something great, you know. But then after a while and after I said to actually realize the gift God has given me, I was like, God, this is all that really matters. This is all that really matters. And I just began to just wail, just thinking about just what God and I have been journeying through for the last, I don't know how many years. And, and I just sat there thinking, God, I'm thankful because everything flows out of this place. And then we had some people who were coming to share with us to say, okay, also prophetic words, but now these people came to visit for the time slot where they were prophesying at. And we, so I'm like, yay, prophesy, I'm ready. And then the guy starts to sing, he walks with me and he talks with me. <laughs> but at that stage, God had just, felt, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's so me, like, intimacy, like, it was just so beautiful. But after all these years, that God would continue to draw me so deeply. It's unbelievable. And I believe that that's what God wants for each and every one of us. Then versus now. <laughs> so the last time I stood here, I was happily single. <laughs> Just minding my own business, enjoying Jesus. It was just like I had all the time in the world, guys. <laughs> and I think to myself, hey, you know, but it's so nice hey, to, to feel, ah, I'm so in love with Jesus when there's very little competing for your attention. <laughs> so I said, you, you know, I need to come make this story right. Hey, maybe I was a bit naive that. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, wow, it was a special time. I could see God, I would be in, you know, the secret place for the whole weekend and I would just come out like, oh, it's like everything is, everything is right in the world. You know, when I read that scripture that says, you know what, like um, the countenance of Jesus's face changed. I'm like, hey, the power of intimacy, guys, even your face can just change. You, you, you can be a different person when you step out of the secret place. Do you believe it? And I didn't know that the one time DB and them were like, Siko, you're glowing. And I'm like, oh, afterwards, the countenance was transfigured while I was in the secret place. Hallelujah. But that time, it was a different time. And I realized there is intimacy is a love and war thing. Who gets me? It's amazing 
you're so in love with Jesus, all you want to do is to be with him in his presence. Who's experienced that? All you want to do is to come away with him. Like, you just don't want anything else. That's all you're after. And then there are moments where everything in you is resisting. I've got this and I've got that. And you know what, guys? Maybe I can get away with not pursuing him just this week. I mean, he knows my heart, you know? <laughs> All those things. And literally, intimacy becomes a place of warfare. For me, I think in this season, where I've become a mom, I've become a wife, we're planting a church, there's so many things competing for my attention. The reality of intimacy, not just as a love thing, but as warfare has become so real to me. When I have to contend to be with God and meaningful quiet time is warfare. And I don't mean that quiet time where you just tick a box. Oh, I, I had quiet time. That meaningful quiet time where you realize something happened. And I realize this tension is something that we need to live with. And I'm here to encourage you that it's possible. It's possible to live in that tension. Where the one time you, you can't wait, you, you're just running into Abba's arms because, wow, that, that's where you want to be. But that time where you sit yourself down, you sit yourself down, you start that engine of that airplane down the runway. We're not even taking flight. 20 minutes later, you're like, we're still on the runway. You're going. But there's something about pressing in. Because as you stay in that place, the aerodynamics start to kick in. Who's with me? Then you start to ascend. And you know, most there's still a bit of but you're no longer in the flesh anymore, you know, so deeply that you were still thinking about last night's thing. You're sort of starting to ascend, but then there's that sweet place in intimacy after you've contended where you're flying. What do they call that? Autopilot. Can I tell you how things in the spirit work, guys? When we stay there long enough... <laughs> When we stay there long enough, you get to that place. So when you get into your secret place and things are all over the show, you stay there. You contend. God, I'm here. I know you are present to me. And I will continue to just pray. You pray. You do whatever is necessary for you to do. Then it will start to feel like something has lifted. One day, it may take 20 minutes. Another day, it may literally take five minutes. But the thing is, if you stay there long enough, you start to take flight. And by the time you're in there for one hour, you're gliding. You don't want to leave.
But those are the things the enemy uses against us because we don't understand that principle. The minute we sit and we're distracted, we're like, I know, I'll try again tomorrow. Stay. Be faithful. Press in until something shifts. I remember with, with Zoe being born and I had so many concerns. I don't want to say fears. You know now, my spiritual reputation. <laughs> concerns. <laughs> Zoe, our little one. And I've heard stories eh, about moms and babies, how you lose your intimacy for the next five years. <laughs> and then, you know, for me, if, if, if those are the types of sacrifices I need to make, I think twice about something. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I wonder how this is going to work out. But I remember finding God in my maternity leave like never before. I remember seeking God differently, but like never before. <laughs> Guys, my quiet time. I was like, I even went to Ross, my pastor, and I was like, Ross, I think my tongues ever have that sound. <laughs> Guys, imagine how many hours I was praying in the spirit. It looked different, but I was spending time with Jesus, and I would be so excited to put my little girl to sleep because I know I'm connecting with her and with Jesus. Or I would sing songs to put her to sleep. I was like, no, no need for lullabies in this house. I will sing the worship songs whether she likes them or not, <laughs> and it's my pick. We're... <laughs> It's not always going to be Jesus loves me. If I'm going to, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Like, that's the song. And I would sing over our little girl. And I would have such an amazing time worshiping Jesus while putting her to sleep. And I realized it really can look different. It's love. And it's also warfare. We need to be creative. We need to outsmart the flesh. We need to outsmart the enemy. We can't just be passive and allow life to happen to us and allow our circumstances to dictate to us what our intimacy with God should look like in a particular season. He loves to be found by us. So much has changed for me since then, but one thing has stayed the same. I recognize that my joy and my source and my life is found in being with him. I remember writing this in my diary. I found, I found this uh, very cute little poem I wrote for Jesus. It's like, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm finding you right here in the middle, in the middle of it all, being a mom, being a wife, being a minister, being a professional. 
you are right here in the process, right here in the middle of it all. He is in the middle of it all. In your life, whatever roles you are playing, he's not surprised that you are a hardworking professional. He's not surprised that you are a hardworking mom and father and you're a sister and a brother and a friend. But he's in the middle of it. Just before I, I had Zoe or in that time when I was pregnant, I had the biggest dip psychologically, emotionally. It, I can't even explain it to you. But one thing I found in that place is that the God of the mountain is still the same in the valley. He's the same God. He's there with you in the middle of it. And he wants to be with you. He wants you to know him even more deeply. I remember when I would soak for hours listening to worship music, praying, laughing, and just enjoying Jesus. And then the weight of his glory would literally sit on me. And I would try and get up, and I can't. I'm literally like, there's, there's a weight that I couldn't even understand. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, Jesus, what is this? And I remember the Lord teaching me about how his glory fell in the temple and the priests were out and down under the weight of his glory and they couldn't even minister. I'm like, Jesus, this, this is it. This is it. And I realized there's more. <laughs> There's more. And at some point, I would be in his presence. And then I would start to feel my hands heat up. Jesus, what is this? Then I started to think, no, maybe I'm, I'm not completely sane. But I've heard of such things. But no, I'm a normal Christian, you know. <laughs> I'm not like... Then I remember I was with Nyams in the car, and I don't know what we were doing, a friend of mine. And we were, I don't know, but I began to just feel my hands heat up, and I was like, I recognize this. And I put my hand on her face while she was driving. <laughs> Nyams, what are you saying? Saying like, what? And she's like, yay, your, your hands are so hot. I'm like, exactly, like, this is what happens. Sometimes when I think about Jesus, or sometimes when I'm in his presence, or sometimes when I'm praying, then I read, then I will, the Holy Spirit will come and he will baptize you with fire. I'm like, God, I know there's the part about the supernatural real, but I think the fire is real. <laughs> It's a literal fire as well. It can be. And I'm not saying God shows up to each of us every same, the same way. God can do whatever he wants. 
God can do whatever he wants, but I'm talking about the fact that God wants to be experienced. It's not just the head knowledge that we're meant to have of him. I, my husband was reading something to me yesterday and he said, you know what, A.W. Toza saying to either his nephew or someone saying, you know what, instead of going to seminary and Bible school for four years, you better get alone with God in your room for those four years and you will come out of that place uh, way in a much better place than those people in the Bible college who have sat there debating things for four years. And what I mean by that Theology is good. <laughs> All the theologians said, amen. I'm also studying, so it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. But what I'm saying is, it's more than just knowledge. God wants us to experience him. Another tension that I've been so aware of as well is that tension of going in. Staying in and going out. Who knows what I'm talking about? So I'm dealing with some real tensions here that actually make us stop pursuing the presence of God because we're like, what do I do with this thing? Right? Staying in his presence versus going out and doing everything that requires to be done for life. That's a big tension. And oftentimes we feel like we need to sacrifice our time with Jesus because we need to get things done. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. The truth is you need to stay in because that makes you effective when you're out there. It's not contradictory. It's not either this or that. It's you need both. You need to stay in his presence so that you can be effective in your life and in ministry. About two weeks ago, I was driving. It's been a hard two weeks. I, there was so much pressure, work-wise, everything. It was just a lot. And I had just had a hard day, and I'm driving on the N1 back from Stellenbosch, and something is erupting in my spirit. And I'm like, Dad, today was a good day. It was such a good day. It was a hectic day, but it was so good. And now I'm trying to figure out, like, what was so good about it? And then it just sank into my heart. I was like, Dad, today was the best day. Because I got to lean in. You know when you're out of your comfort zone and you're out of your depth and you're so aware of your need for him, you can almost hear yourself think and speak to him throughout the day. God, what do I do now? Mm, okay, Lord, what to do now? It's, it's like you're so aware that he is present with you and you dare not take a step without him because that could be detrimental. Who's been in that place? 
And I'm like, God, that was the best day. Because I was so aware that he's with me. Everything I was doing, I was doing with him, in him, through him. Yes, it was uncomfortable. Yes, it stretched me. But I was doing it with him. The intimacy of partnering with him. So when you go out, you don't go out on your own, just doing your own thing. You go out with him. In his strength. In his power. I felt so dependent on him and I said to myself, Dad, this is the place where I find the most fulfillment. This is the place where I'm most fruitful. I'm like, oh my gosh, did you see how that day ended? Jesus, like, wow. And I'm like, I felt so good, but not good because I did so amazing, but because you're so good. <laughs> how did you even do that? You're so faithful. I didn't think I'd make it through the day, but look at God. Then I just want to dive into his presence because, wow, he's so good. The intimacy of partnership. Too often we're going about our day, we couldn't really care less about what God thinks about what. I just want to get this day done. I just want to do my work. I said to my husband, there are three things where I really feel the grace and the anointing of God. And when we talk anointing, it's really not that complicated. It's the presence and the power of God. When I worship and I'm just with him, when I preach, it's like everything's just all is well. Everything's in its right place. And when I do training, <laughs> how often do we experience, God, experience God's anointing and his favor and his grace when you're doing your job. I pray that for you. The grace and the ease that comes with doing what God has purposed you to do. It's available. In the book of Exodus, the anointing falling on the craftsmen. That they could do work with their hands. The anointing is not just for us when we preach and when we do all these things. It's available for you as you do your work. His power and his presence. There's no contradiction there. God wants you to stay in, and he wants to lead you out. There's something about the revelation of the power of intimacy that Moses knew. And that's what I want us to get this morning. Something that Moses knew, something that David knew, something that Mary knew. You know, every time, guys, I read Exodus 33 and Moses talks about, you know what, God, 
if your presence doesn't go with me, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not lead us out from here. I'm like, God, there's something that he's grasped, a revelation that he's grasped about your presence that I need. What he was saying in essence is like, God, it's not just your provision that I want. It's not just your protection that I want. It's not just your promises that I want. I want you. The value of his presence. There's something that David grasped about the presence of God, a revelation that we all need to get. You know, the first thing that David did when he was uh, inaugurated or the first time when he became king, he said, bring back the ark. Bring back the ark of the covenant. Why? It wasn't just to restore proper order. It's because David had a revelation about the presence of God. That when you make the presence of God central in your life, everything stays in its rightful place. David is the same guy who said, you know what, God, like, please don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your spirit from me. There's a revelation about the presence of God. He's the, he's, he's, he's the same guy that said, guys, I have no good thing apart from God. I mean, this is a king who could have anything he wants. He had everything he wanted, but he says, apart from God, apart from you, I have no good thing. There's one thing that I seek, and that's to be in his presence, to gaze upon his beauty. And I say I've experienced it. But when I read these scriptures, and I'm like, God, it's the cry of my heart. It's the cry of my heart. There's something that Mary grasped about the presence of God that she would lay at his feet. And then Jesus would say, she's chosen the good portion. Only one thing is necessary. This morning, more than anything else, I'm trusting that God would deposit a fresh revelation of the power of intimacy. Do you know that when you receive Jesus, he comes with all his stuff? 
brings everything with him. He doesn't say, okay, now you're saved. I'm coming and I'm making my heart in your home, but I'll leave my power and my life in heaven. When he comes, he comes with the whole bag. He drags it in and he starts, you know, laying everything so you have everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness. Why? Because you have him. So that's why you seek him. And everything is added. Because he comes with all his stuff. He comes with the gifts. He comes with everything that you need. But we tend to seek the stuff. And forget about the giver. But intimacy helps us to recognize that he is what we need most. And then the stuff either fades away. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Trust me. Or he gives you what you need. And both is okay. Both is okay. Once upon a time in my life, I thought I'd be climbing the corporate ladder. But in his presence, I realized, mm-mm, that wasn't quite the plan. That fell away. He's given me everything that I need. And I'm content with that which he has given me. So it's okay to let things go, but if you don't spend time with him, you will spend the rest of your life trying to figure it out. Everything flows from intimacy. We can either live our lives by revelation because we're in the secret place, Okay, God, I know what to do here because you always, okay, God, what should I do now? You seek his face and you say, okay, no, not this, but that. Yes, that looks good, but no, that's not for me. It's that. Living out of revelation. Or you live out of speculation. Okay, let me try this. Oh, if it, if it doesn't work, let me try this. What do we want? We want to live from that place of revelation. Everything is locked up in intimacy. Everything that you need. We go slow to go fast. If you want to live a good, uh, impactful, a you know, thrilling life and adventurous life, go slow. Get into the secret place. You will see yourself going so fast when you come out. Guys, I went into the secret place a worship leader. That's all I was. That's all I had intended to be. <laughs> I came out a preacher and this and that. And like what? <laughs> I tell you the truth, guys. It's not because... I was so talented and I had this ambition and this was what I saw for myself. It's simply because I went and I spent time with the Lord and all of a sudden things changed. 
He's so good. And I just want to end with this one thing. And I'm processing it with you guys. <laughs> um, at the beginning of 2021, the Lord started to speak to me about oneness with him. Being one. And for me, being one was never a thing, eh? Because I'm the intimacy girl, okay? Like, being one, intimacy, same but different, like... <laughs> I, I understood it in the concept of the body and the church, whatever. But for me, like, intimacy was good. Like, you know, this is, this is what I'm after. But God said, sequel. I want you to walk in the revelation that you are one with me. And I said to God, but I'm confused a little bit because, you know, we've got this thing going. <laughs> and he said, you know what, Siko, the problem is when you think intimacy, what do you think? You know what God asks in questions. When you think intimacy, what do you think? And I say, God, I think about two parts relating, right? And he said, that's the problem. <laughs> you separate. And we relate and there's highs and lows and ebbs and flows. But what I actually want for you is to walk in oneness with me. That's the deeper revelation. We become one through intimacy. And yes, guys, you know, theologically, when we're saved, we become one, okay, in the spirit. But there's an outward of our salvation that requires us to walk in intimacy with him. That we begin to think what he thinks to begin, we begin what, where, that, that when you speak, he speaks through you. And he began to talk to me about Siko. Do you realize that you are one with me? That when you lay your hands on someone, it's not just, uh, it's Christ laying hands on someone. Why do you think it's such an important thing? I just don't know, we just lay, it's symbolic. No. When you lay your hand on someone and you pray, it's Christ laying his hand. You are one. We are no longer separate. And that's been a game changer for me. Because truly then, it means that it is no longer I who live. Yeah, but I thought I, re I read that scripture. <laughs> my prayer and my desire is that you would have a revelation of not just intimacy, you relating, but you would be aware That he doesn't just walk with you and talk with you. 
He talks through you. He walks through you. Everything matters that way. Oh, I love this band. Intuitive. <laughs> oh, he lives in you. And you live in him. He lives and you live in him. don't know about you, but there's a group in my heart. Oh, that I would know him. Fellowship in his sufferings. That I would know the power of his resurrection. Just two years ago, 2022, God was saying to me, Siko, this is only just the beginning. I feel like I've literally just started. <laughs> May he remain that fresh to you. That we would not become overly familiar or take his presence for granted. That we would continue doing the things we know to do when the kabod has lifted. When his glory has lifted, we're just continuing doing the things we know to do. There was a period in 2019 where the Lord took me into a place where I couldn't sense his presence exactly. I would worship and I would pray and I would read the Bible, do the things that I know to do, but nothing. And the Lord had prepared me for that. He had said, Siku, you're going to go into a wilderness. And I remember in that season having a revelation. That God, you don't have to come, but you do. Because I thought that if I sing and dance for long enough, if I pray and press in for long enough, then God has to come. This was my thinking. Like God exposes our thinking. I, I didn't know. I thought like that. But I, it's not in the strength of our seeking. 
It's because of His grace that He wants to reveal Himself to us. So this morning, I'm not saying if you shout harder, if you pray harder, if you do all these things, and these things are good. These things are necessary. But I'm saying it's the grace of God. It's His blood that has brought us near. That's what Ephesians 2 says. It's His blood that has brought us close. So because His blood has brought us close, I will sing. Because His blood has made a way, because Jesus has paid a price, I will shout and I will dance and I will read my Bible. And I will get to know him. Because he's made it possible. I will seek him. I will seek him. He wants to be found by you. And not a lot of people will tell you that there's a manner of seeking that touches the heart of God. The word speaks about diligently seeking Him. When we find Him while we're searching for Him haphazardly and carelessly, it's His grace and His mercy. But more often than not, there's also a manner in which we seek for Him. When we prioritize Him. And you say, everything else can wait. Everything else can wait. My little one can wait. Spend time with daddy for a little bit. My work can wait. The dishes, everything else can wait. Because I just need to be with Him. And we find that the more we seek Him, the more we love Him. And the more we love him, the more we get to know him, the more we love him, the more we seek him. your desires for your relationship with him what are the hindrances what are the things hindering you from running towards him 
what gets in your way. Speak to him. I journal and I write all these things. God, my mind, my mind is getting in the way. I'm thinking so many different things. And that's when Jesus says, yes, you're thinking so many things. And I was like, so what's the cure to that? Then he's like, be in my presence. (laughs) That's the cure. If you're thinking too many things, then you should be in my presence all the more. What is hindering you? Just take some time to, to just connect with God. Say, God, I'm, I'm ankle deep. I'm ankle deep right now, but my desire is to be knee deep. God, I'm knee deep, but my desire is to be waist deep. God, I'm waist deep, but I want to be overcome completely. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is imparting almost a vision of what he wants your relationship to be like with him. Because oftentimes we're just going here and there and there's no vision, no clarity of what this thing is supposed to look like. And in those cases, then anything goes because you just feel like, oh, I'm doing good. But if God gives you an imprint on your heart, a vision of what walking with him should look like for you, then it's, it becomes difficult to settle for anything less. <laughs> 